Thank you for tuning in to Talking Bay 94, the Star Wars podcast devoted to interviews with the cast, crew, and creators of a galaxy far, far away. I'm your host, Brandon Winerdy, and today I'm talking to Greg Grunberg, who played X-Wing pilot Snap Wexley. We talk about a lot, his role in Heroes, being directed by his best friend J.J. Abrams, upcoming opportunities for Snap to make his triumphant return, as well as working alongside both his acting idols and the cast of creatures that populate the Star Wars galaxy. This is Talking Bay 94, Episode 64, Greg Grunberg. So thank you so much for, for coming on. And first off, uh, happy early birthday. Thank you. That's tomorrow, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I, uh, Dude, it's like with with the pandemic and everything going on, It's I, I become exhausted doing anything. Like yeah. I went for a bike ride with my kids yesterday, and I was like, man, get home. Yet last night, I mean, the last yesterday was like a big day for comparatively, you know, for everybody staying in. We, uh, we shot a comedy special with some great comedians. I have a studio in North Hollywood, and we had uh, Tom Papa and uh, Kira Saltanovich and Jesus Trejo and Kirk Fox and Josh Pollock and Tom Papa. And, oh, my God, it was just, like, awesome. But anyway, I got home. I played the drums in back of them, you know, right. and then uh, – and I'm producing this with Tom. And then no audience, you know, because we can't have an audience. And it, it just killed. It yeah. absolutely killed. And just got home and I was just wiped, dude. I mean, do yeah. you find that when you're... Oh, yeah. Well, I even just like five seconds ago, I went and picked up lunch. And I was like, oh, that took a lot out of me to like get out of my car and like go exactly. to the, the curbside. It's fine. Uh, and, you know, just trying to... I have a virtual wedding this afternoon. So that'll be interesting. My first Wait a minute. wedding. Yeah. Wait, so who's, who's, who's is it? It's my cousins in Virginia for an hour and a half Roman Catholic Latin mass, but over Facebook. So it'll be great. It'll be just a- Wow. A, a okay, short. wait. Wait, so where are you? Are you in Virginia? No, I'm in Dallas. I'm in Dallas. In Dallas. Dallas Texas, okay, yeah, okay. So. Yeah, my son played um, played baseball in Virginia. He's uh, My son's a college baseball player and they awesome. have the summer leagues and he played uh, in Virginia. It was just awesome. Man, yeah. people, people are so great there, man. Yeah. It was really fun. That's great. Uh, well, I mean, before we even dive into to Star Wars and to everything, I, I would love to first just talk about you uh, growing up and your inspirations to even just get into acting uh, in the first place. Well, I was always that kid who kind of um, not, you know, wanted, I mean, I didn't realize until later it was, you know, we all love attention and I just love getting a reaction more than anything else. It was just something that interested me. People interested me. And looking back now, it's not like, you know, when I was seven, I was like, people interest me. You know, it wasn't like that. <laughs> right, but right. I just knew back then. And I had I had some really creative people around me. Um, my friends were all incredibly creative and uh, funny, like really, really funny and goofy and silly. And um, and we would just always get, I think, just to satisfy our own you know need to just laugh and everything. We would, you know, wait for something funny and then we create it in, in school and everything. And that was, you know, J.J. Abrams and I, where we met when we were five. So in elementary school, we were goofing off and having fun. I couldn't wait to see him between classes if we didn't have classes together, whatever. And then after school, I would go over to his house and uh, we were both super creative. He, as you can imagine, was just brilliant even back then. And, um, you know, all his Super Super 8 movies, Super 16 movies or whatever, I starred in them and and, uh, (laughs) not all of them, but I would help him. I'd be right there. You know, we were doing like, I don't know if you remember, but oh, you're so young, but like there was a, a machine, a thing called a pitchback where you would throw the ball and it would hit this like um, 
trampoline that was on an angle and it would bounce back at you, right? So it was a, so we did a fake commercial where it was possessed. So you would throw the ball and it would come back at like lightning speed and kill kids. And, you know, it's like terrible. Yeah, that's great. Um, <laughs> yeah, but like stuff like that and like, you know, dolls that came to life and killed people. And, you know, um, I just, just came across this box of um, VHS tapes, you know, of like our wedding and everything and in there with all of these uh, movies that JJ had done and JJ was interviewed on a, um, and I'm in a bunch of them. So that's why I have them. But um, he was on a, on a show, public access show about young filmmakers. And I, I, I videotaped the screen. You know, my, my buddy at my office did, digitized it. Yeah. All these tapes. And then I said to JJ, he's like, where did you, and why do you have that? And it was just awesome to go that's down awesome. memory lane. So I've always had that bug. I've always had that itch. And then, I was starred in all these school plays and uh, and and productions. I never took it seriously. I wasn't like a kid actor. I didn't um, uh, have any fantasies about like doing commercials when I was a kid. My parents were not those parents, and my dad was in the clothing business, and my mom was a homemaker, and and she's just amazing. I had a great upbringing, and um, I was into sports like crazy. And and uh, um, unlike my friend, you know, some of my friends that were super creative, they weren't. So I kind of dabble it's just still the same thing i do today i, I dabble man i'm right. like i dabble in a million different things and as an actor that's a really good thing because when i'm asked to play a doctor i have that compassion i i love putting on that coat and pretending when I, i'm asked to play a cop i mean i i just can't wait to do that I, i've been i've played a cop i've played a you know an fbi agent and this and that for in so many roles right um and I love it. And then also having a diverse group of friends. I mean, I had so many different types of friends. I was friends with everybody. Um, I didn't really have a clique that I clung to. I have, I have a few friends that I call like, you know, like JJ. And then I have you know, Todd and Frank, these people that I, and then a, a whole other group of friends that, by the way, now during COVID, you get together on, on uh, Zoom and you're just like, you know, I haven't seen these people, guys in right. a long time. But it really kind of lets me know, oh, wow. I mean, there's all different types of people from all over the world now that I that I was friends with back then. And yeah. um, and it just makes for a good sort of character study and compassion and understanding of different people. So when I have to when I play these different roles, even though there's a lot of me in a lot of these roles, I, I do have, uh, you know, kind of um, an, uh, an understanding of all types of people, which is great. I mean, it even just goes even further. As soon as you start getting into your roles, um, I mean, the one that always sticks out to me is, of course, Heroes, because that was like, you I mean, obviously by my age, but there wasn't a lot of mainstream comic book and superheroes even then. And then when NBC is like, oh, on this, we had, I think it was Heroes and Chuck around the same time doing the yeah. same thing for the same groups. And it was just kind of a, a nice geek and, and pop culture really came to the forefront. You worked with JJ, especially early on with Alias and Felicity, and then moving through the geek circles. I'd be curious with your thoughts, especially now as a, a Star Wars actor, how that has changed and how that has evolved over the years for you and how you've seen it grow. You know, there's, first of all, uh, Heroes was was really transformative as far as TV is concerned. I mean, there there had been obviously, you know, all of these things on TV before, um, sci-fi sort of genre stuff. But to actually uh, create characters that um, the audience could say, oh, I could wake up tomorrow and have a power like Tim Kring and and uh, and all the all those guys, Jeff Loeb and yeah. Brian Fuller, Jesse Alexander, all, they were so brilliant, uh, Joe Cus Pekowski, in 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 saying, okay, you know, this could really happen to anyone. This is these are ordinary people experiencing extraordinary abilities, and 
it was a discovery and it was exciting and it was so cool. I mean, that, that yeah. show broke ground. Now there's shows that are doing it much better than we did it. Although, you know, I, arguably I, I think they're still heroes was just one of the yep. greatest. Yep. I agree. You know, but, but I've been a part of some of them. I, you know, I, 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 uh, like I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the boys, huge fan of, you know, what Berlanti's doing. I, I, my buddy Kevin Smith directed a couple episodes and I was able to be on the flash yeah. a little bit. So like, I love all that stuff. It's just, I don't know. There, there was, and it was really interesting how, you know, like you just said, when you just reminded me that NBC did Chuck and heroes at a time when, you know, NBC was known way before that they were kind of flailing. They didn't really have an identity again. It, they were the sitcom network yeah. they were you know every brilliant sitcom that came out and then they had these dramas so they really took a leap i mean now you think of a show like that and you go oh cw and fx and fox and you know you don't really think nbc nbc does nbc have any genre shows on right now that aren't I don't like know. No. ghost whisper kind of really traditional things i don't think so but they took a big swing that show was super expensive and it became the biggest show in the world when it was on it was i know just amazing you know so I was so lucky to be a part of it. And then that character still to this day, and I've done, you know, I've been really, really lucky in the roles that I've gotten over the years, but um, still to this day, that was like, for me, you know, leaving the nest of JJ, um, which is always tough to do, but it's just love working with my buddy. And then um, um, I auditioned for the role of Peter Petrelli. <laughs> Couldn't have been more wrong. And I didn't even know about Matt Parkman at the time. I'm driving home and they called and they said, look, Good news, bad news. You're the worst Peter Petrelli ever. And the good news <laughs> is, there's this other role that you don't know about. You're a cop. And uh, uh, Tim Kring originally wrote it after um, like a Matt Dillon type cop. And I'm just much more character. And he was like, man, I just see in your eyes, I see in your performance that you're so relatable. I, we would love you to play this role. And dude, to play a role <clears throat> on a show like that where you have powers, but you have powers of hearing people's thoughts and emotions in mind, it's... To me, it was that was one of the best roles to play because it wasn't. I mean, nothing against Adrian; he's my good friend, but like flying, you know, it's like or and they all played it with emotion and they all played it with character yeah. and, and relationship stuff. And it was really it's all character first. Every one of those characters um, was relatable and great. Mossy, I mean, all of them. But when you, I just think my role was one of the best on the show. Yeah. You know? Oh, I agree. And it was like it was like a slow simmer too, like. Right. You know, if you were if you were uh, just an immediate comic book fan, I mean, you would gravitate towards Mossy. Like, oh right. my god, that guy! What a great actor! What a great character! And then you go, wait, Ali's character's great, and this and that, and oh my god, Hayden, and you know. But when you really get down to it, and you, you have those scenes where I'm like, I, I look back now, I see these clips and these gifs and stuff, and I'm like, man, I was in. I, I forget a lot of the stuff that I shot, and right. it was all so. It was all like such emotion, such gravitas for me to hang on to as an actor. It's just awesome, man. Really great. No, that's so great. And uh, well, actually, I'm going to be able to talk to Mossy next Thursday because he did uh, Industrial Light and Magic for the prequels. And so I was like, that's an excuse for me to talk to, to, yes. to him. So he actually just emailed uh, a little bit ago. So we're scheduling that for next week. Oh, that's so, so great. You tell him I said hello. I, I will. Talked to him I will. He's just, he's the greatest. And and we actually did um, Hawaii Five O. Mm -hmm. We had a couple of scenes together on Hawaii Five O, uh, one or two, I think. But it was just great. Um, yeah, I love that guy. Yeah, it's, and you know, Heroes. Obviously, Heroes is back um, right. on um, the on Peacock. So I'm uh, I'm going to be doing hopefully one way or another. I'm going to do some um, kind of like behind. I'm calling it Heroes on Heroes, and I'm going to interview 
a ton of these people. We've had, we had, you know, from George Takei right. to, uh, you know, there's just some amazing, Malcolm McDowell, amazing, amazing actors, Eric Roberts and people. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. No, that's going to be awesome. And that, I mean, again, I just keep talking about heroes. This is a heroes podcast now. Sorry. Please, I'm, I'm, I'm encroaching on your territory. The guest stars and like just, and how it was so appreciative of the culture, right? Because even like you're saying, George Takei showing up in a, you know, network show in, what was that, 2008 or whatever is huge for someone that grew up, you know, watching Star Trek reruns and then seeing yeah. it mainstream again. And not just doing, not just doing a quick cameo. I mean, the guy, he played a role that was so pivotal and he killed it. Absolutely killed it. I, I just loved it. So, yeah, it was great. I mean, your your genre roles just keep continuing, continuing, and, and something that always stuck out to me, especially growing up in that time frame, was you know it was like a, a secret code. It was like a special thing where I would know like that's Greg Runberg, like as the voice of Captain Kirk's dad, or like knowing that you would always yeah. show up in a J.J. Abrams thing, um, and then kind of ingratiating yourself in the in the in the pop culture community. It was great. What are your experiences, especially Lost, sticks out to me as the pilot, and then of course the Star Trek appearances. What was it like going to those universes at least for a brief moment and still just establishing yourself as a as a pretty dominant force in all of your appearances? Well, thank you. I mean, that's what I try and do. You know, as even as no matter how small the role is, I try and steal it. I try to make it memorable. Yeah. I try to give it humanity. And but um, you know, remember back like all these things that you're citing back then, it, there wasn't Comic Cons. I mean, there were, but they weren't they weren't uh, forward facing. They were kind of like it was a secret thing. You know, you're gonna go and what are you doing? You're dressing up. What an idiot! You know. I, meanwhile, I was a huge fan, and I was like digging through and watching these things and searching them out and. And then all of a sudden this stuff, it sort of coalesced and all of it came together. And now, you know, even the term genre, it's like, oh, okay. So now we're going to label all this stuff, put it all together. And then I look back at some point, you know, many years ago, I looked back and I was like, wow, I've really, I've been in a bunch of these things. And that enabled me. And, and I still do get these offers to do project, passion projects that I absolutely love. Right. I'm, you know, Big Ass Spider is one that I just loved, love, love doing. And we're talking about doing an, uh, oh, another cool. one. And. Um, there's, uh, you know, there, there's a movie out right now. I mean, it's just about to launch and, and I produced and, and star in it. It's called Max Reload and the Nether Blasters. Kevin Smith's in it. Lynn Shea's in it. Joe Reitman and Hassie Harrison and Tom Plumley and all these amazing people. And it's, it's just fun to be able to go, okay, well, I know that I've got an audience that at least, like you just said, they're like, oh, there's Greg Robert. It's like, at least we'll identify and go, oh, I want to see this just because I like that guy. And then you know, you kind of know, all right, it's not going to take itself too seriously. It's going to be well done. Th those are the, the principles by which I choose a project. I'm like, is this fun? Are the people good? Are they capable? Do they have the funds to finish it? <laughs> you know, because um, that's, <clears throat> that's a big deal. And can I, can I stick my teeth into it? You know, and will, some, will the people that are creating this appreciate the, you know, um, the work that I've put in to this point. Like I know my shit, I know what I'm good at. I know what I like. And I think I know what the audience likes. So at least let me produce, let me help out in yeah. calling my friends. And that's how all those people got to be in this movie. I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's a great movie. And then it also affords me, I'm going to, I'm going to shamelessly plug. No, please do. Um, it, it also affords me to do things like this. Yeah. Which, you know, this is my graphic novel and dude, this is killing it. Like kids, this is in scholastic book fairs all across the country. Um, kids write to me all the time. This is about, and we've got that, you know, book one, and then here's book two. If, you, if, you, if you're not familiar with Dream Jumper, 
And by the way, J.J. Abrams does the forward here. Kevin Smith does the forward here. I'm no dummy. I went to the <laughs> Kings. The <laughs> Kings of the genre. Book. But it's, it's about a kid. My, my son had a dream, and I, he woke up, and, and I was trying to put him back to sleep. And, he, and I said, what's going on? He goes, it was so real. Dad, it was so real. And I'm like, oh, okay, dreams are real sometimes. Do you remember it? Do you want to write it down? Do you want He was like, no, it was like it wasn't my dream. And I said, what do you mean? And he goes, it, it was like I was able to jump in and out of my friend's dreams and save them from their worst nightmares. And I was like, what? I said, you're not going to sleep. I'm paying for college. Let's go. And then I partnered with an amazing uh, storyteller and, and illustrator. Amazing. Lucas Turnblum, if people don't know who he is. He's not only an artist, he's, he's, a, he's a, like I said, a great storyteller. And we partnered, we wrote it together. He did all the art. Scholastic picked it up after a, a bit of a bidding war. And then, you know, the, the, we've got two books. And now we, uh, you know, fingers crossed, we're going to take it to the next level, uh, you know, either TV or film. So, we're, awesome. yeah, it's really cool. People can just pick that up on Amazon. It's super easy. and Everywhere. Yeah. yeah, awesome. Going back, I mean, talking about being kids and being inspired, I would love, you know, especially with your recent forefront into actually being in Star Wars, I would love to hear your experiences with the saga growing up. Like, what was the first time you saw it? How was that experience for you? I remember it being the first time, and JJ talks about this too, but it's, it's, I really, really remember this. It's the first time that I actually left the theater or finished watching something, anything, um, TV or film or a book or anything, where I couldn't stop talking about it, thinking about it, and thinking in my imagination, letting my imagination run wild, where I felt like, wow, what if Darth Vader was this and that? And what if Luke did this or that? Or Princess Leia could have done this and that? I mean, I really felt invested. I felt like it's like the best pitch ever, you know, when you go and you pitch and you're like, yeah, so it's about a kid that can jump in and out of dreams. And then the person you're pitching goes, hey, what if? So now you've got them. And <laughs> right. now yeah, they, yeah. Feel a, they feel like they are um, somehow responsible for it or they're adding to the creativity of it. I never felt that way about other stuff until that point. I, I remember Star Wars very specifically grabbing me emotionally and obviously now as an adult I can look at it and go okay well it's because the characters were so well developed uh, the world was so well developed and um, it was so relatable but at the same time mysterious and it, it took me away but I felt comfortable there it was weird yeah. and, I, and I just loved it It was so exciting and so I remember as a kid watching that and then you know, fast forward to having my best friend and, you know, creative buddy, you know, uh, he's my brother uh, at the helm of it, like <laughs> hearing that he is going to take that on was so unbelievably cool and exciting. It wasn't um, surprising at all. I mean, he had done, worked wonders with a few other franchises, bringing yeah. them back. But this was, this was so incredibly valuable, uh, you know, business wise. It was everything. It was yeah. like, okay, so here are the keys to the Marvel universe. You know, it's like Feige, he, he did a, a great job with JJ that now being given the keys to Star Wars and what a just responsibility, but he's so brilliant and he's so collaborative and so appreciates that whole, you know, the, the canon more than anyone else. I mean, Star Trek too, but growing up we were much bigger star wars fans than we were star trek fans so and it's intimidating like you know it's intimidating much more so i think in the star trek world than it is the star wars world but you know for me to cross over into both that's just ridiculous like yeah. for me to have roles in both and it's all thanks to jj i mean there's no you know no mystery but right. 
for me to be able to, you know, say I'm Finnegan and, and you know, evil, the evil stepdad, but also mainly Finnegan and right. then, you know, snap Wexley, like what? Now, yeah. now, okay, so now let's put these two things together. Now, I thought would ruin this franchise for me as a fan. Uh-huh. And only because, dude, when you're behind the curtain, you just think, oh, okay, now I'm gonna, you know, never meet your heroes. Right couldn't be more you want to meet your heroes people let me tell you right now you want to get to know carrie fisher i mean i i feel so blessed and so lucky to have had the time that i had with her and now billy and i are really good friends and and everybody oscar and 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 boyega everybody i mean just you know um kelly and just kelly like forget it it's unbelievable to be on the set and like to have a real conversation with harrison ford who's my hero just crazy yeah and and it's it it only enhances the experience for me i have to say it's an appreciation now like i watch and i just go i watch the movies and i'm like it takes me out when i see myself i'm like (laughs) but but i i know what it took to make it happen i know you know from even from the inception from how excited jj is and was and still is about everything star wars it just makes it so much more so much better and also dude i'm like i walk around comic-con and i'm like oh look at that star wars shirt and look what this artist did and then and then then the person's like hey you're snap wexley i'm like oh oh yeah that's right i am you know it's, yeah. it's a weird thing man yeah it's that's weird. great yeah i love <laughs> that's it. so good i mean i'd love to because you were saying like force awakens is probably one of the biggest risks in like modern movie history. If that movie had been anything less than what it was, I mean, we would have gotten the eventual movies, but that movie was just pitch perfect with how it set everything back up, how it reintroduced a new generation to the world. And and by the way, and how it shocked the shit out of everybody. Like I remember watching that movie, so I have a great, JJ's mixing it. We already did, you know, it's mixed. He's mixing, he's like, I just want you to come in. You know, we're doing the mix. It's really cool to see it on the screen with the sound and everything. I was like, oh, cool. So I go, I had no idea what I was about to, what I was in for. I sit down and it's, you know, there's the the whole board. It's 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 a theater, but there's all kinds of really cool stuff. They're mixing there. It's like a, mm-hmm. you know, any kind of recording studio, but it, and they're about to start and we're waiting. And I'm and I'm and JJ goes, uh, you're excited? I'm like, dude, I'm so excited. I can't wait to see this. This is awesome. And every, and, and people are giggling and whatever, because they've all seen it and they've seen me. I haven't seen any of it yet or anything. And in walks John Williams, dude. And I'm like, what's going on? I thought it was just me. And he goes, uh, JJ goes, uh, Mr. John Williams, I'd like you to meet. And before he can even finish, Mr. Williams was like, Snap Wexley. Hey, Greg, how are you? And I'm like, what just happened? And I'm sitting there and and I'm like, it just blew my mind. It blew my mind. It was just like one of those moments, one of those surreal moments. But again, like just I'm so privileged to be able to say that I had that experience and, I, and I'm part of this. I mean, it's like when I did geeking out with kevin smith you know that was a dream show that was like kevin's one of my heroes and he respects and loves everybody just as much as everybody loves and respects him jj's the same way it's like we all have we're all you know again we're like geeks with with uh with access it's crazy dude it's crazy it's great i mean and even just the character of snap i think is such a, a testament to not only your portrayal but also how 
it's being crafted because like I went and looked at the Snap Wexley Wikipedia page before this and it's like oh God. it's a full book in itself and there's three <laughs> books about him and there's a comic series and like you know there's a whole world just based on your performance which I think is just such a testament to, to what you thank you I, I I have so I'm really proud of that it's it's more work for me uh, because I gotta tell you people come up to me and they're like you know so Nora let's talk about your mom for a second right. and then you know your love interest and then the thing and then you know you've got Mr. Bones and the whole thing and I'm like if I don't know this stuff <laughs> right. If I don't know what's going on, yeah. dude, they're going to just right. destroy me. And especially on panels at Comic-Cons and stuff, it's, um, man. And, you know, although I have to say, everyone is very forgiving and sweet. I mean, I, I remember I had to host, this is a Star Trek story, but I had to host a panel in Germany, I think. And um, uh, Mr. William Shatner, who I'm a big fan of, right. uh, I had to just host him. I was like, I was the host. Right. He didn't know who the hell I was. <laughs> And yet we got along great. And it was one of those things where I called my buddy. Well, first of all, Will Wheaton was backstage and Will's a buddy. And so I was like, Will. And I hosted their panel first and then I did his. And I said, Will, I don't know enough about Star Trek to do this. And he's right. like, like, dude, they don't care. Just don't lie. Just don't fake it. Right. Just be, are you a fan? I'm like, huge fan. I love it. But I just, you're, you can mention a planet or a character or a relationship or a weapon or this. I don't know what you're talking about. He goes, it doesn't matter. Just say that. Right. It doesn't matter. Everybody, you know, and it's true. There's all these different levels of, it goes back to that SNL sketch where, you know, where Shatner was like, get out, <laughs> go outside. You know, it's like, right. I'm, you know, and, and slowly I've, I've become, you know, a bit of a nutcase with all of this stuff too. But it's it's just uh, it's been great. I mean, to be a part of this and to see that on Wiki, you know, on Wikipedia, and to to know that there's life after. I mean, I hope that I get to continue to play this character. I really do. Like, yeah. I'm sure, that probably one of your next questions. It's all. It's what I get all the time. And I, I've talked to Charles Sewell, who I feel is one of the greatest writers in the Star Wars universe right now. Yeah. And I'm like Charles. There's got to be a like Top Gun of fighter pilots. Like, why aren't we? Why aren't we living with these people and yeah. seeing? the small missions they go on. And like you said, or, you know, people, people ask me what, what happened during the time that you were not in like episode eight, where were you? Right. And to, to, to maybe we see that, maybe we see it in a TV show. Maybe we see the early days of snap Waxley. Who knows? No, I would love it. And I, I had a pitch, which is they just did it with, I don't know if you know, Dr. Afro, but it's a similar comic series that Marvel is doing. And they're doing an audiobook version first to bring the character fuller to life. And that would be, I think the best way to do the Poe Dameron series but as an audio first and show that it has, has uh, life. So anyway, that, I mean, if I'll pass along to Delray um, and Disney, I'll do my part. Right. But please do. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I love it. That'd (laughs) Uh, be awesome. I mean, filming force Awakens as well as rise of Skywalker. I would love to just hear your experiences on set, especially being tactile with that universe that you grew up with, as well as any experiences you might've had being directed by someone. I'm sure you had those conversations that you were mentioning like oh like what would happen like this but then you're you're in a cockpit or you're in whatever yeah. maybe having that conversation of what do we do what can we do and i'd love to hear a little bit more of that collaboration yeah i mean it was really interesting we have a shorthand jj and i obviously we're best friends and so there's a shorthand where he can just skip to he doesn't even have to say what what's on his mind i know what's on his mind you know and he right. like uh, and and tonally you know you're shooting these scenes out of sequence and you 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 have to be reminded of just how morose, how how 
how much on the attack we are, how defensive we are, how scared we are. You know, a good director will remind you of that and say, okay, at this point in the script, here's what we're thinking. And, you know, and then even when you do it, you know, it's like, all right, bring it down, bring it up, whatever. JJ, there's some directors that will come on and go, okay, so we have to remember that in this moment in the story, we're blah, blah, blah. And you're literally putting the actor to sleep. JJ walks up and goes, okay, that was shit. Uh, be a little happier. <laughs> Let's do it again. I mean, yeah. it's just crazy. Or, you know, when I, uh, Rise of Skywalker, uh, not Rise of Skywalker, but, uh, um, you know, in the first film, I, episode seven, I was, uh, I was like standing there and I was in awe, you know, and I'm standing. And I, and, I, and then one of the first scenes I had was around where I had just done recon and I came right. back. And I'm like, I've got to kind of command these four sentences or whatever. Right. It's a big deal. And Harrison yeah. Ford standing there, whatever, you know, everybody was there, Anthony, right. everybody. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm, I'm standing there and, and my line comes and I say my line and then uh, JJ's like, and the take was good, but he came up to me and he was like, hey dude, between your lines, he whispers to me, he goes, I can see you watching the movie. <laughs> and it's true. Like, I'm yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, so I went on recon and blah, 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 blah. And then I'm like, <laughs> I'm like looking around like, holy shit, look where yeah. I am. And I had actually Lucasfilm, um, they were so sweet. They, they gave me a picture. It's a photo, but it's kind of like um, saturated. The colors are beautiful. It's almost half, you know, photorealistic and, and like a comic book, whatever. And it's that scene from up above of all of us around. Oh, that's and it's one of the one of the things I cherish so much. I love just being in that moment, you know. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, these are the conversations that we have. And then in, in the cockpit, you know, there's a funny story on Force Awakens where I'm in. So the 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 X wing, my X wing. By the way, here's a little tidbit. I prepare an A wing in Rise of Skywalker, and I die in an X-Wing. So was that me that actually died in that X-Wing? I mean, you see me go down, you see me sure. go, ah! But do I really die? I mean, is that? If you don't see a body in Star Wars, they're not dead. Is, is right! My, yeah, no, that's it. So. That's what I'm saying. Um, but uh, but we were, so on the gimbal, and it's, so it's, it's like two stories up, story and a half, you know, whatever, off the ground, and they're just controlling it like a wild bull, and you're in there. So first of all, to answer your tech talk question, I was surprised. I get into the cockpit. I'm a big guy in a little cockpit, you know, big guy in a little coat. It was like, what's going on? They, they, and, and at that time they bring this thing down and the cameras are locked and I'm like, whoo, whoo. I'm in there and they're like, Greg, you okay? Cause I, I'm not gonna be able to pee. I'm not gonna be able right. to get out, whatever. And I start messing, I start looking at all the switches cause no one's told me what does what I want to do the right thing. I'm and I can barely hear them because my helmet wasn't custom for me. It was like, here's a helmet from Disneyland, put it on, let's, let's whatever. <laughs> so I've got the helmet, I'm doing the whole thing. I'm like, what? And they're, they're using the, the bullhorn or whatever. And Oscar had just gotten off and he almost threw up. And he was like, dude, good, good luck to you because this thing is, it's gonna be you know, all over the place. Oh, wow. Anyway, um, so I start playing with buttons and they start coming off. Like they're, they're rubber cemented on. It's what you would expect. You're like, wait a minute. Did, is this the same cockpit from the 70s? Like, can't we update the cockpit, man? Use Gorilla Glue or something new? I mean, it was just unbelievable. So that was the first thing. I was like, I broke the, and they were like, oh, no, 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 don't worry, everybody does. And it's made of balsa wood, and it's just right. totally like, you know, what? so that was like ridiculous, because I, I thought, oh, a bull in a china shop, and they're like, nah, don't worry about it. And the camera's on me, so you can't really see what I'm doing. But, and then um, I, I had to say all these lines, right? So I'm like, I got your back, and blah, 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 and this and that. And I did all of them. A series and then just so they can use it they don't know what, what right. they're going to cut to with special effects and then they said okay here's another series of lines you need to say which is i've been hit i'm going oh, down no. <laughs> I, I don't want to 
no, 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 no. And I said, I, I, don't, I won't say any of those. <laughs> and they were like, what are you talking about? And Jess was going up next. And, and I'm like, I, I, I refuse. I will not say it. And they were like, Greg, seriously, that's not funny. And I said, I'm not doing it. And this was second unit. So they called over to JJ and they were like, dude, he won't say those lines. And JJ was like, well, if you won't say him, you won't say him. <laughs> and I was no dummy. I'm right. like, you're going to kill whoever you can kill later. If I don't say those lines, I doubt you're just going to have me go down. Right. So it was great. It was, and I knew he wasn't going to kill me. But in the second one, I mean, in right. nine, that was a whole thing where I had heard, you know, during the script writing process, JJ shared with me. He said, you know, we have, we found a really great moment. And uh, unfortunately, it's your demise, but I think it's just going to be awesome. Awesome for the story. Awesome for you. It's a quick moment, but I think because people love your character, it might resonate. And I think it did. So it yeah, I, it reminded me in terms of both the pacing of the film, but also the importance of the character to the audience of like Coulson dying in Avengers, a similar yes. kind of turning point for the for the battle, which again, I, I mean, if if Snap had to go down, I think that was the way to do it. But I agree. I mean, you know, look, going back to The Force Awakens, when Harrison dies, it's, you know, I remember sitting in the theater. That's what I wanted to get to was I was sitting in the theater. And so I've got the greatest, you know, music, music person responsible for film ever uh, sitting here and JJ sitting here. And then Harrison Ford dies. And I've, <laughs> I, I, I was like, I turned to JJ and I go, you're not fucking around. Man. And it's interesting because like you said, it's so delicate right. to bring back a story like that. But there were those shocking moments in, in you know, in the new hope and in all these movies that we saw that really made you invest in these and yeah. say, oh, this is, I mean, you've created a world and it's not real, but this is real. Like this is, they're not messing around. Like anybody could go at any time. The, the stakes are real. So that, and again, I'm not comparing my character to his at all. But I think there was a little bit of that. Like you're like, oh, here we go. Here we go. Snap Wexley, his wingman is, what just happened to Snap Wexley? It just, right. it made it, it made it real. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I would have loved to seen you and uh, Dennis Lawson on the screen together, but that'll be for the, that'll be for the prequel trilogy or whatever is going to happen. So yeah, that would have been good. I know. <laughs> I, I, one final question about uh, Star Wars specifically is interacting. You mentioned working with Anthony a little bit, but working uh, with people that might be under mask or under prosthetic or puppets. Like I, I'm, I know when Snap was announced that he was coming back for Rise of Skywalker was the shot that I still love of you and Claude next to each other, oh, and you're like, you know, like so good. Um, but I would yeah. love to just hear like a little bit about how you approach and if it's anything different in your process in terms of working with someone that's non-human and someone that's just a, a typical co-star. Well, it's a great question. And actually, no one has asked me this question. And and it's it's just practically on set. There are so many things that I take for granted as an actor, like hitting my mark without looking at it and looking at the at the map box, you know, where, you know, here's the here's the camera in the map box. And I have to look right here and pretend like I'm looking in the eyes of the character that I'm having the scene with because they want that really great moment, but they don't want me looking into the lens. So right. I've got to look a little right. bit off. There's all these cheats and things that I'm very good at over the years, just because, and, and most actors are very good at. It's just, we, we get to do them over and over again. Working with a, uh, someone who is not actually saying the words is tough. There's sometimes right. where you'll hear a character's, you know, so they're moving their mouth. I'm supposed to be looking at them. They're moving their mouth, but the voice is coming from over here. You naturally want to turn to the voice. And there are times when you're, you know, you really have to lock in and remember. I mean, that's just a very basic thing, but it's right. something that, and then there are also some of those actors actually, um, you know, and you can call them puppeteers. They're not, they're actors. They're real actors. They're artisans. They're craftsmen. There's, you know, three people that make up 
one character and they right. all have to work together. I mean, there was somebody inside Claude, there was somebody on the tentacles, and then there's somebody working the eyes and the mouth and everything. And it's just right. like, they're not playing a video game. They're not messing around, man. They are such pros. They give you such emotion and they listen. That's the key is, you know, a good actor um, is not one that that can just, you know, say the words, but can really take in the words. That's the whole thing is like listening and listening with your eyes, listening, with, you know, just think, think the thoughts, think uh, about what you're hearing and it'll come across on screen. You know, we're, we're right here. You know, it's like when you're when you're right there on a person's face and they they make that happen with these puppets. And it's I mean, with these characters and then. You know, I'm wearing basically a, 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 a thick, you know, jumpsuit that you would have to wear if you got a DUI picking up trash on the side of the freeway. And, but it's thick and it's like, you know, and then I've got these boots and oh, what a whining actor. He's got the helmet. Guess what? I don't complain. When I see these people, these men and women get out of their prosthetics when i see anthony daniels dude yeah that guy it is skin tight i mean there's no there's no space between him and the suit and yes they have now the suits you know they have little fans in them and everything but it's nothing i mean right. they, they are talk about just doing everything for the cause for the craft for the ultimate project they are the biggest team players anthony daniels is my hero man that guy yeah. He brings it and he really brings the emotion. He's such a great actor. And I, he finally got the material he deserved yeah. in The Rise of Skywalker. I was so happy for him. And after the premiere, I went up to him and I just said, it's so long overdue that someone as incredibly talented and um, devoted to their craft as you is given an opportunity to show what they can do. And, and, not that he was in tears, but he so appreciated that. I meant every word of it. Um, I feel so lucky to have worked with with him and all of the other, you know, incredible um, puppeteers and craftsmen. All there, so many characters. By the way, Star Wars. JJ said this once to me. He was like, "Look, look where we are. Look where we are." And I'm like, oh, "I know. This is crazy." He's like, "No, no. I have to have a shot that goes through this crowd, and that little trash can with a mouth. I, I could do a whole movie on that that character. <laughs> you know." Yeah. They're, they're not just thrown together. They, they, they're so well thought out. They're so detailed and mm -hmm. beautiful. And, uh, and he just, you know, he, he really, that's when I kind of took note of everything. I was like, wow, yeah, this is incredible. And then, by the way, there were some, there were some cameos that you don't even know. I mean, did you know Jeff Garland? Yeah, he's, he's in, like in the alien makeup, yeah. Yeah, he's this blue alien. And Jeff's a friend, and yeah. we're on the set, and I hear, I hear, oh, there's Grunny. What is he? I'm like, Jeff, like I had no idea. Um, there's a moment when there's a celebration moment. Uh, this is a funny, really funny story. So they bring me to set, and I come in, and then it's and it's all it's when we come back, and and there's been victory, and it, this is in Force Awakens, and uh, um, I mean, I'm sorry, The Rise of Skywalker, and uh, it's everybody's hugging everybody, and they're, he's like, all right, so Giannis, you're gonna hug her, and then and all these extras and people coming up and then it's like, okay, Greg, you and Lynn are gonna hug. And I'm like, Lynn, I look over, it's Lin-Manuel Miranda. I'm like, oh my God, greatest guy ever. Talk about heroes in my, yeah. so I go, okay, so we're gonna, and then JJ, then he, had, he shattered my world. JJ goes, oh shit. And he comes up to me, he whispers in my ear, he goes, dude, and, and no one knew. He's like, you die, so you can't be here right now. And I'm like, what? 
And he goes, yeah, you die. Remember? I'm like, oh, shit. And he goes, Lynn. And Lynn goes, you die? And I'm like, yeah. And we break like, shh, go on, keep it down. You know, there's like 500 people there. Right. And so I had to leave. I had to leave the set. I had to go back to my trailer. I was like, oh. <laughs> but I got to, and then later hung out with Lynn a yeah. little bit. But still, that's like, that that's the coolest thing is that there's an appreciation from everyone for this franchise. Yeah. Um, when Bob Iger shows up on set, is taking selfies with Anthony Daniels. Like, you're <laughs> like, dude, you're the boss. You're the, you're the guy that is so brilliant that says, no, this is a whole world. And blah, blah. You, right. you bought this thing. And he appreciates it as much as we do. That's just the best. Yeah, that's so good. That's so great. And I mean, as listeners of this show will know, and by just going through the guest list, I love every puppeteer, every person that made the costumes. It's just it's part of that fabric of Star Wars that I think really makes makes Star Wars Star Wars. So I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad it comes yeah. across on the set as well. I wouldn't want to take too much of your time, but I'd love to talk. We talked about Dream Jumper a little bit. But are there any other upcoming projects that you would like to talk about? Excited about? Yeah, I mean, there's there's one uh, that I'm doing right now that's really cool in the air. Uh, you know, in the um, age of COVID um, that uh, I partnered with um, Warner Media 150, which is an incubator at Warner Media, and they're really great. I mean, if you don't know Warner Media 150, look it up um, because you'll see they take risks with really brilliant filmmakers and storytellers that are just starting out, um, but they're great. And so they said, we have a stable of these amazing writers and they need material. And I grabbed on right away. That was a Facebook post. And uh, Diego Cantu, who's a producer at my company, he reached out to them and said, wait a minute, we have, uh, Greg knows every actor, these guys would love to participate. So Warner 150, um, they, uh, they donated millions of dollars to the Actors Fund, millions of dollars to the Producers Pensioners Fund and all that. And, and so all these actors, great actors. So it's, it's called The Insiders. And if people aren't familiar with it, um, we, we, uh, we shoot these five pages and under scenes. We did five of them on Zoom. Um, you can find them on youtube.com slash Greg Grunberg channel. That's where they're living now, but where they premiere and where the audience has seen them is through Legion M, which is, and I'm sure you're yeah. familiar oh, with yeah. Legion M. So Legion M, uh, you know, they, they went out to their 100,000 members, Legion members, and um, we premiere it on, on Legion M's Twitch channel. Oh, and we're, doing, we're shooting three more. So go to, go to youtube.com slash Greg Grunberg channel. You'll see all of those, the five that we've done. They're great. They're like SNL type sketches. I direct all those. And then now we're doing three more and we're practically shooting them. So we're going outside awesome. the house, very safe. And we uh, were just about to, to do those. So that's something I'm really proud of right now that I'm doing. And then I'm on a game show that's just so silly. It's so great. I love it so much. It's called uh, 25 Words or Less. It's on twice a day. And I'm, I'm like the celebrity guest on it. I oh, love great. We're coming back to do 180 episodes. It's really fun. Oh, wow. So, that's great. Yeah. Uh, well, cool. I'll put both of those links in the show notes. But uh, Greg, thank you for coming on and, and telling all these stories. Uh, it really means a lot. Oh, dude, thank you. Anytime. And uh, if you want me to pop on and answer a question here or there, dude, you're so cool. And you're you're going to be my stunt double with that beard. I can uh, put yeah. a helmet on you. And well, there you go. You're I wasn't a thinner. Say. <laughs> exactly. Well, no, you it. should be Snap Wexley in the there afterlife. We That's what okay. we'll do. All right. Perfect. All right, Greg. Thank you so much. Hey, be well. Talk soon. In case you couldn't hear me smiling throughout the episode, it was such an honor to have Mr. Grenberg on the show. If you would like to watch the video version of this interview to see that smiling for yourself, head to the Talking Bay 94 YouTube channel. 
Also in the show notes, be sure to check out Mr. Grunberg's Dream Jumper, as well as the incredible series, The Insiders, that he is currently producing, hosted on his YouTube channel. And that will do it for this week. Uh, We have so much planned for the upcoming episodes, from Carol Whitlatch to Scott Trowbridge, so just buckle up, and until next time, stay tuned, leave a five-star review, and may the force be with you.